Our next reading is going to come from the book of Joshua. In my early service, I forgot to, to mark my Bible, so it took me about five minutes to flip to it, and Tim reminded, I had to remind me Joshua's in the Old Testament. So, so, um, so Joshua chapter 2, reading Joshua 2, verses 1 through... Um, Verses 1 through 21. Joshua 2, 1 through 21. Then Joshua, son of Nun, sent, sent two men from, from Shinnom as spies, saying, Go and view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and entered into the house of the prostitute, whose name was Rahab. And, she spent, and they spent the night there. The king of Jericho was told, Some Israelites have come tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search for the for search throughout the whole land. The woman took the two men and hid them. Then she said, "True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. I did not know where they uh, and and when it was time for us to close the gate, the gate at dark, the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you can overtake them." She had, however, brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax that she had laid out on the roof. So the men pursued them all the way to the Jordan as far as the fords. As soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was, was shut. Before they went to sleep, she came to the roof and told them, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the dread of you has fallen on us, and all the inhabitants of the land melt in fear before you. For we have heard how the, how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Siam and to Og, whom you utterly destroyed. As soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no courage left in any of us because of you. The Lord your God is indeed God in heaven, above and the earth below. Now then, since I have dealt kindly with you, swear to me by the Lord that you will in turn deal kindly with my family. Give me a sign of good faith that you will spare my father and my mother, and my brothers and my sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. The men said to her, our life for yours. If you do not tell this business of ours, then we will deal kindly and faithfully with you when the Lord gives us the land. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the outside of the city wall, and she resided within the wall itself. She said to them, go towards the hill country, that the pursuers may not come upon you. Hide yourself there for three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterwards you may go about your way. The men said to her, We will be released from this oath you have made us swear to you if when we invade the land and you do not tie this crimson cord in the window through which you let us down, you do, and you do not gather into your house your father and your mother, your brothers and all your family. If any of you go out of the doors of your house into the street, they shall be responsible for their own death, and we shall be innocent." But if, it's a hand, if a hand is laid upon any who are in your house, we shall bear the responsibility for your death. But if you tell this business of ours, we shall be released from this oath that you have made us swear. She said, according to your word, so be it. She sent them away, and they departed. She then tied the crimson cord in the window. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As you know from uh, knowing me for a while now and, uh, and, and, and hearing my sermons and just knowing who I am, you know that I'm a, that I'm, I'm a fan of, um, of, of science fiction, big fan of Marvel, big fan of Star Wars. Some, somebody uh, gave me a Baby Yoda hat today that I may wear for the rest of my life just every day. Just, I may preach in it next Sunday, you know. I love, I love those type things. I love, I love pop culture. I, I, I think, and I think 
when we look within a lot of the stuff of pop culture and things we see today, uh, I'm a fan of the, of the line of St. Augustine. St. Augustine said, all truth is God's truth. And so wherever, wherever the light may fall, God can lead us to truth and, and grace and understanding. So I, I think God is a pretty big God who can speak to us through all kind of cool stuff, even, even things like Star Wars and Marvel. But one of my favorite uh, science fiction shows uh, is a show that some of you may know, many of you may not, but I love Doctor Who. I don't know if any of y'all uh, watched Doctor Who or heard of Doctor Who. It's a, it's a British TV show, and for the longest time, it came on PBS uh, on su- Saturday nights back in the 70s and 80s, and it had the worst, most cheesy uh, special effects you've ever seen in your entire life. I mean, it's just a, it, it, it is campy, and it is corny, and I love it. I just love the show. It's about a guy who's a time traveler, space traveler, whose spaceship looks like a telephone box. And he just flies across the world and through space and time and, and has these adventures, and it's great. And I know it's corny, but the older I get, the more I've embraced my corniness. I, it, it, I am who I am. My days of being cool are over. I'm just embracing it. You know, it's kind of like wearing a bow tie. I'll wear a bow tie whenever I'm not wearing my collar. And the key to wearing a bow tie is this. You have to know you look ridiculous. You have to be in on the joke. When you wear your bow tie, if you're in on the joke and you know you look ridiculous, it's great. You can't think you look good because you don't because you're a grown man wearing a bow tie. You look ridiculous. As long as you know that, it's okay. That's why I like wearing them because I'm in on the joke. I like it. So, but anyway, this TV show, I just love it. It's a great show. And what I really like about it, though, is, is the, um, the doctor, who's the main character, he always has these monologues or these speeches, which are always really good. In fact, when I moved from Asbury to St. Matthew's, the day I announced I was moving, I actually played a clip of one of his speeches. Because in that speech, he talked about how we all change. And that's okay. Change is good. But we have to always remember who we are when we change. And so I thought that was a really good thing to think about with churches and things like that. But anyway, one of my favorite speeches he gave was from the 70s when Tom Baker was the doctor. And, um, and it reminded me of Rahab. And I want to get this quote exactly right this morning where um, he said this. He said, courage isn't just a matter of not being frightened, you know. It's being afraid and doing what you have to do anyway. I love that quote. Courage is being afraid and doing what you have to do anyway. That's good stuff right there. That's good stuff. And it reminded me of Rahab when I, when I read that quote. Rahab is one of the more interesting characters in all the Bible. Rahab, we see, starting off, um, we see that she's a prostitute. And the, 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 the spies come to her, to her, to her and, and she hides them. And y'all, doing the right thing is always hard. Let's be clear about that. Doing the right thing is always hard. Very rarely in life is doing the right thing easy. Very rarely is doing the right thing, does doing the right thing not involve some type of sacrifice or some type of struggle or some type of pain. Doing the right thing is always, always a challenge. But for Rahab, let's be clear, she was a woman of ill repute. If anyone in their town had did what she had done, you know, they, and they found out about it, they would have been killed. 
You know, they would have been killed, most likely. But someone of power or of influence or of political connections that did what Rahab did, they, they may have had a chance to survive if folks found out. But Rahab, Rahab would have been so easy to have gotten rid of. Oh, they wouldn't even have bothered. They wouldn't even have crossed their minds to think about not getting rid of Rahab. It had been so easy to get rid of Rahab. So she had to know that. She had to know the chance she was taking. She had to know the, 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 the way this could end up. She had to understand what this could cost her. Doing what she did could, it's not hyperbolic to say, doing what she did could have cost her her life. It's that simple. It really could have. It could have cost her her life. So you know she had to be afraid, didn't she? I would have been. I don't like needles, much less stuff like this. So you know she had to be afraid. But yet she looked that fear in the face and did the right thing. It's not a matter of not being afraid. It's a matter of being afraid and doing the right thing anyway. Now, now how could Rahab summon the courage to do the right thing here, even though it was hard? The scripture tells us. He said, we've heard what y'all have done. We, we've heard what y'all did the king, to the kings across the Jordan. We've heard what y'all have done y'all have come into the land. We've heard how your God dried up the Red Sea in front of you. We've heard about these things. And when we heard these things, our hearts melted like wax when we heard what you have done. And I know that your God, that Yahweh, I know that your God is the true God. And I know that you, as servants of Yahweh, I know that you, as servants of God, you will be true to your word and you will protect us. So as scary as this may be, as fearful as this may be, as hard as this may be, I'm going to choose, she chose to do the right thing because as great as her fear might be, as great as this challenge might be, as hard as this may be, Rahab's faith was bigger. Rahab had faith in a big, mighty, strong God. And a God who was greater than our deepest fears. Y'all, if we're going to wait until we're unafraid to move forward in faith then we'll never move forward in faith. Following God's always hard, y'all. Following God's always scary. Following God's always a challenge. Following God takes a leap of faith because that's what faith is. Faith simply is taking that leap of trust. One of my favorite philosophers was Soren Kierkegaard, a Dutch philosopher in the 1700s. Kierkegaard once said, in every age of human history, following Jesus is always the hardest choice. It is as hard for me and you to choose to follow Jesus today as it was for Peter and Andrew and Paul and the apostles. Following Jesus always takes a step of faith and always involves some fear and always involves some doubt and always involves some struggle. And that's where it can't just be about not being afraid. 
but it's about being afraid and doing the right thing anyway because you know in your heart of hearts that God is bigger than your fears. And you know in your heart of hearts God is bigger than your doubts. And you know in your heart of hearts God is bigger than your, than your failures because he's God. Because he's God. And we can move forward and make those hard choices and those hard steps of faithfulness because no matter how afraid we may be, God is greater than our fears. And we have faith in that. So yeah, we're, we're in, our, in our stewardship season right now. Um, you, you hear these stewardship talks each week. Many of you may have received or will receive in the in the, in, the, in, the, in the mail this week, a letter from me with a pledge card asking you to consider being faithful in all these ways in the church. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I, look at, uh, I look at a membership a little bit different than, than some preachers. Um, you know, if you're, if you're not a member of this church, I'd love to talk to you about how you can become a member of the church. But I think that church is greater than just on-paper membership. I think of church as a family, a family of faith. The way I look at it is this. Um, I, I, I tell this story. I'll tell the story from, from my family. Uh, my, my in-laws are two of the finest people I've ever had the pleasure in my life of ever knowing. You know, the old joke about some people have about their in-laws or mother-in-law. I, I, can't, make that, I can't make that joke. My in-laws are the best. They're, they're two of the kindest, most Christian folk I've ever met in my entire life. And uh, they've always been active in church. And a few years back, based off some stuff happening in the home church that Holly and her sister grew up in, they, they, they left the church over some, there was some controversy that they just weren't going to get drawn into a fight. So they had a season in their life where they were, they were church hopping. They'd visit church to church. Uh, they, were, um, they would go here for a little bit and there for a little bit. And they just, you know, they, they had a good time. They'd never, they'd never not really been part of a church before. So they were kind of having a good time jumping around. But then in their small little community they were part of, they had a, uh, there was a tragic accident where a young child was killed in a car accident. And I remember my father-in-law told me the story. My father-in-law told me, he said, we were, said, me and Barbara were talking. And said, she looked at me and said, Eddie, if something happened to us, what preacher would we call? They realized in that season when they didn't have a church, they didn't have a preacher to call when something bad happened. And the next Sunday, they joined New Hope Methodist Church, where they're still members. They've been very faithful in attendance. So, in all these stewardship things, I, you know, I'd love to talk to you about membership if you'd like to talk about that. But being part of a family is bigger than just being a member. The way I look at it, if if we're if you're going to me and Tim and Brian and Kay and our staff, we want to be there to serve you. We want to be there for you in the moments of trials and tragedies. We want to be the folks who get the phone call or get the text because it's our job to be Christ to you, we, to live out the gospel for you. But for this body to be all that it is, it takes all of us being faithful. You know, the membership vows of this church, and that's why I wanted to say this before I talk about membership because this isn't just about being membership of a church, but being part of this family. Are your prayers, your prayers, your gifts, your service, and your witness? And y'all, let's be honest, it takes courage sometimes to be faithful with those things. Sometimes it takes courage to faithfully pray, 
to, 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 to dig, to, to, to be faithful. Because it, maybe it's new for you. Maybe it's hard for you. Maybe you're in a season in your life where you've never really been one to pray or to read Scripture. Maybe that's hard for you. Maybe, maybe you're afraid of the Bible. I don't offer easy answers, but I offer to be there with you. That's why we do the, you know, that, that, that's why we try to do what we do here in church. It, it, ta- it, takes, it takes courage sometimes. It takes courage to be faithful with our presence. You know? Y'all, this, this worshiping community on Sunday is beautiful. And we as a church in this season through COVID, oh, and, and with prayers. Listen, I as a pastor, I covet your prayers. For me, to, to lead, for our staff, for our church to be in the right direction and the right decisions, like, we need your prayers. And I faithfully, I, 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 I covet that. I need that. I can't do this by myself, Tim. Well, Tim probably can't, because Tim's pretty awesome. But, uh, you know, we, we need your prayers, your presence. You know, we as a church have worked in this season with our, with our Rooted in Christ daily devotionals, with our video devotionals, with our online worship, with all the things we've worked on to try to connect to folks. But we, you know, we want you worshiping with us, with your presence in person. It, it, this is beautiful, y'all, to be together. We're working on options to make everybody feel safe and comfortable. But goodness gracious, we need your presence, and, and you need it too. It's good for all of us. It's part of what it means to be part of the body of Christ. Your gifts, if you've never given before, it can be a challenge. You can maybe look at your budget and say, how can I tithe? How can I give 10%? We're not doing this or that. How can we do that? And it's hard. It can be a challenge. It can be, you can be afraid. It can be, it can be hard. It can be, it can be hard to give witness with your, it can be hard to serve. I love what, what, what Will said about how he and Wynn served by putting up chairs. What a great example for that young child to learn at a young age that to be part of the body means to serve. What a great example. But doing that can be a challenge. We might not know what to do or how to do. We may not know what we're good at. We might be afraid to do it. What if we get it wrong? What if we mess up? It can be, it can be a challenge. It can be scary to witness to our faith, to tell others about Jesus. What if we feel inadequate? What if we feel like a hypocrite? What if we don't know what to say? The steps of faithfulness, y'all, can always be hard. And if we're waiting until we've got it all figured out, or if we're waiting till we're unafraid, or if we're waiting till we know all the answers, or if we're waiting till we got it all right, we'll never take that step of faithfulness. We'll never move forward. And that's why Rahab is such an inspiration. Because yes, she was afraid. And yes, she was uncertain. And yes, she didn't know all the answers. And all of this. But what did she do? She moved forward faithfully in courage. Because she had faith. Because she knew that God was greater. And God was stronger. And God was mighty. And that no matter what she faced in her life, no matter what challenges she had to her faithfulness, no matter what challenges she was going to deal with, she had faith that God was greater. And we had that same faith, y'all. Now, here's the cool thing. If you were to hit fast forward to the Gospels, you know, the Gospels are all beautiful. Uh, we're in our Rooted in Christ that we're doing each day. And if you want to be part of our Rooted in Christ daily devotional, I send out an email every day at 6.30 in the morning and a text at 7 with a Bible reading and a, uh, and a, and a scriptural devotional shoot me an email or text me or, or call the office tomorrow and I'll sign you up. 
We're doing Mark right now in our rooted. But what's interesting in Matthew and Luke, they both give Jesus his genealogy because they're giving the backstory. Mark's not doing a backstory. Mark's getting right to the action. Matthew and Luke give backstory and give context. And both of them give a genealogy of Jesus. And in Matthew 1, verse 5, guess who we see who becomes part of the bloodline of Jesus and Jesus' genealogy? Rahab. She's the mother of Boaz, who's a descendant of David, who's a descendant of, of Jesus. Rahab's act of faithfulness echoes to me and to you right now. Because Rahab is immersed in the line and the body of Christ. And as great as her fear might be, as great as her worries might have been, as great as her doubts might have been, as great as all of these things might have been, Rahab acted with courage and faith because of who God was. And that has made a tangible, actual difference in my life and in your life because of Jesus. Doing the faithful thing, the thing of courage, might not always be easy, y'all. But it's always right. And it's always good. And God will always bless it. Because God is always good. Romans eight twenty eight, All things work for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Even if it's hard. Even if it's scary, even if it seems like too much, through God's grace, we can be faithful. And through God's grace, through our faithfulness, the world can be changed. Let's take that step of faithfulness today and each day. Let's pray.